to the podcast Story Pod with Nishila. In this show, you can tune into stories from amazing people across the world. Through these stories, you will listen to ideas that matter, real-world insights, and positive inspiration. I am Nishila Murthy Koshik, Chief Marketing Officer at HFS and your host for this podcast. In the series The Shiro Diaries, you will listen to stories of women leaders across the globe, their personal life and career journey, choices and decisions which influence them, and reflections from these experiences. Are you ready for stories that can change your life? My guest for today is Julie Knight. Julie is responsible for the global marketing organization at Unit 4 which spans product, brand, creative, influencer and analyst relations, demand generation, communications, sales enablement and events. Since joining Unit 4 in June 2019 as the chief marketing officer, she has led the company through a successful brand and positioning transformation, strategic redesign of marketing and the development of an award-winning demand growth engine. As an international marketing executive, she brings more than 20 years of experience in designing and implementing successful marketing strategies and building high-performing global teams. Julie has led senior marketing positions for public and private companies ranging from startups to the Fortune 500 including SuccessFactor SAP, Cisco, Reflective and Zendesk. She holds a bachelor's degree from the University of California Berkeley and has participated in Columbia University's executive education program. Welcome to the show Julie. It's so exciting to have you as a guest on this podcast series. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I've been so excited, you know, since you first invited me and when we had our little, you know, prep preparation chat. Um yeah, I'm just I'm looking for the time together. So thank you so much. Wonderful. Um Julia, we'll just dive right into the first segment of the podcast which I call Know the Shiro. In this segment, we talk about backstories around the influence of family, your upbringing, education and career journey, all of which I feel are very important and integral elements uh in life. Uh we'll start with probably getting to know you in a fun and interesting way. It's a little exercise which I personally enjoy doing with all the guests on the show. Mm-hmm. If you had to describe yourself with adjectives starting with the letters of your name, what would they be and why? Oh wow. Okay. Wow. So, uh the the the, the letters of my name. That's uh it my first name. Okay. So, um I would say jubilant is one um unstoppable lively um intuitive and energetic. How's that? <laughs> On the fly. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and I've interacted with you twice and I just feel your description of yourself uh is reflective of your personality because you're so lively, you're so warm, you're so energetic in all mm-hmm. the discussions that we've had so far. So yeah. I think it's a very apt description um of you. I also believe that how we think and look 
at ourselves is important in how we portray, uh, you know, our personality to the external world and hence how others perceive us. Uh, and, you know, it's, 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 it's the words you've used are very positive and very powerful. So I, I love the way you have described yourself with wonderfully positive adjectives. Um, Julie, now I'd, I'd love to, you know, you know, sort of talk a little bit about, you know, your, your childhood and the role of your mm-hmm. family um, in shaping your outlook and where you stand today. I think we are all some in some way, shape or form byproducts of the experiences we've had in the formative years of our life. Uh, and our family plays a huge role in shaping our belief systems, our thoughts, our dreams, our aspirations. Um, so, so would love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, the role of family for you personally. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, the, the role of, uh, of my family, my parents and my extended family has played uh, a huge role in, in not only my upbringing, but just, I think how I, how I view life. Um, I, uh, I grew up here in the San Francisco Bay area, though I've had an op- opportunities to live in Washington, DC, uh, in San Diego. Um, but, you know, having spent most of my life on the, on the West coast, I think that that has influenced me as well. And we can, we definitely can talk about that. Uh, my father, uh, grew, grew up, uh, in, uh, in the Texas, Texas area, um, during a very difficult time, uh, in, in our really in, in the world at the time, but, um, certainly in the United States, which, which was the great depression. And that definitely influenced his, his thinking about the role of, and importance of education. He too was a graduate of Berkeley. Uh, the other thing that was really important to him was to really take advantage of opportunities. So he actually, um, was in World War II. He joined early. He looked at it both as a way to serve his country, but also um, as a way to um, really expose himself uh, to the world and to learn and and really take advantage of opportunities. And and with that, you know, he went to Berkeley and got a degree um, in electrical engineering uh, and used what was the uh, the GI Bill at the time to to fund that. So he was always looking to open the door, go through the open the open door. And um, my mother's family and, and my mother were were much the same way. My um, my mother's family actually were the first Italians to settle in the Napa Valley. And they came from northern Italy, just outside of Milan, uh, and uh, were here in the uh, in the in the mid to late 19th century, and um, really found a way to uh, establish themselves. You know, had wonderful, wonderful family, very close family. Had a winery, surprise, surprise. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think that that's informed a lot about um, how I look at the world. Uh, I very much um, appreciate uh, here in, in the U.S. and, and certainly in, in California, um, the very open way of thinking, uh, taking advantage of opportunities, and um, again, always walking through that door. You may not always be prepared for what's on the other side, 
but if you don't take advantage of opportunities, um, then um, I think in some ways, maybe you're not necessarily selling your short, but selling yourself short, but you may not be able to, um, you know, grow in the ways that you that you want to or can can do. And, you know, that leads me to education. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, my dad went to, to Berkeley, actually, my mother's um, uncle went to Berkeley, and, and I decided, you know, following the family tradition and went as well. And, um, you know, I just education is so incredibly important. I got my degree in history, which has absolutely nothing to do with what I do and everything to do with what I do. Um, and you know, the, the great thing about a history degree is it's just your insatiable desire to learn, to read and understand. And I think that the past very much informs the present and there's so much that can be learned. Um, it was part of my degree, uh, a lot of reading, a couple of books a week, also a lot of writing, writing and, you know, writing a thesis. Um, I write so much what I do. Um, I think, you know, history is a lot about storytelling. Um, and as, as we know throughout history, you know, whoever owns the story, whoever owns the narrative sort of owns, you know, what, what ends up being, you know, chronicled in the, in the annals of history. And, um, it's just, uh, yeah, um, I, it's, uh, so I think it's, it, as I said, it has nothing to do and everything to do with, with, with what I do. And, um, and so um, I learned a lot. I loved going to Cal, uh, Go Bears, for any uh, Bears fans out there. And um, uh, I just, uh, I'm always, uh, I, you know, I think whatever you're doing, um, and education can come in all forms. It's, you know, whether it's going to, you know, a university or going on to get an advanced degree, or if it's just taking classes, uh, or just simply just taking time to read and to learn. Um, it is uh, really important that we always uh, strive to be lifelong learners. So um, that's a little bit about me. Um, and, um, you know, the role of family as, as I was growing up and and uh, and the importance in my life. Wonderful, Julie. I see you're a, honestly, you know, natural storyteller, right? <laughs> you, know, you kind of weave the story so beautifully linking, uh, you know, history and, you know, your, your, your family background and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, migration and like cross-cultural nuances oh, yeah. and uh, influence of the place you live, right? Because yes. that is very important, uh, you know, just yes. the just the social environment and the physical environment and uh, just the general state of, let's say, you know, um, economic development, politics, policy, yeah. uh, you know, you know, is important in the kind of opportunities, the kind of people you meet and, you know, that mm -hmm. can inform a lot of your choices and decisions. So I love how you weaved in all those elements so beautifully and <laughs> bringing to life your own, uh, uh, you know, story and your own childhood. And yeah. um, it's wonderful to, to hear that's that you know that's how you think about you know the formative years of your life from one cmo to another i'm curious you know what do you think is the best part about being a cmo the best part of being a cmo aside from working with insanely creative people that you just kind of go wow how did you ever come up with <laughs> um really is you get you get to um interact with all aspects of the business and i think you know we sit uh, in a unique place uh, in terms of what we get to do, uh, because there really is no part of 
of the business that that we do not touch whether you know if you think about communications and your role in employee in communications um it's it's an insanely important part of how we both share a story or a message but we how we also listen to that feedback and we have an important role in in playing with that or playing playing in that role uh the other thing is that um you know really all uh, all of the touch points externally marketing is is somehow involved whether it's ongoing customer engagement it's uh it's those in the media the influencers that we that we get to to work with partners i mean you just get really uh, what i would say um that birds eye view of um your uh, of your your company your market and really how you're you're impacting it uh down to you know very simple things um such as you know how was how was a town hall received or how was a message that was communicated by your ceo with a little bit of help from marketing um received by by employees all the way to you know uh really um you know how is you know an overall launch or an acquisition received in the marketplace so um i think we're very fortunate uh and uh, and again um it just it goes without saying it's the the benefit of working with with a fantastic group of insanely dedicated and uh and creative people that really makes it a joy every day wonderful julie i'd love for you to talk a little bit about your professional uh journey um you mm-hmm. know I, i know you said it was partly accidental and <laughs> partly by design or choice and how you got sure. here but if you can look back at your career uh, could you share some of the key highlights or milestones or um choices that you made uh, or mm-hmm. even just you know moments that you are exceptionally proud of and i know for all of us who clocked in 10 20 30 years there's just so many moments that it's hard to pick one or two but um just you know i'd love to hear a short concise distilled version of your career story yeah so my career um has been Uh, a very interesting and multifaceted one. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about you know my uh, my time at at Berkeley. That you know that was uh, um, something that that um, I funded myself. Uh, so while I was going to university, I was also uh, working full time, and uh, I happened to actually be working in the time in tech, uh, but in engineering. again not an engineer uh and uh you know the history degree didn't really help that cause uh but had an opportunity to work in quality assurance uh for for a hardware company and that was uh, in for me it was really interesting to to start my career in tech with engineers uh and really you know the thought process and again creativity and that's a that's a word that i use often because i think it is it um curious um cre- creativity uh is really what can fuel um you know the power the passion the growth of a company uh and cre- creativity isn't necessarily taking you know a, a pen and and paper and you know creating a masterpiece it, it can be it can be manifested in so many ways but so i started there and then um you know moved into product management then moved into product marketing and then moved into par- partner marketing but if you want to fast forward to 
you know, I think what were the the big milestones? It was an opportunity to spend a number of years in uh, in partner marketing uh, for Cisco, uh, and just a fantastic company, great culture at the time. John Chambers was the CEO, so I had an opportunity uh, to to listen to him, um, you know, to see him interact. The role of culture, the role of um, I think, you know, very early on. Um, really contemplating uh, diversity and inclusion, which is something that you and you and I spoke about uh, when we were preparing for this podcast. Um, and also, really, what does what does good really look like? Um, and those are, I think, important moments when you get to you know interact with pieces of the business or witness them when they are really operating uh, at their at their best. And those are moments then and experiences which you can take forward and you can take forward in terms of building your own career, uh, but also being able to um, to share those with companies that are on the rise. They may be reshaping themselves uh, and certainly in building teams. Um, so, you know, I was at Cisco with a number for a number of years. I decided, you know, as I was looking at the market. Uh, what was the, you know, what was the next, and I don't want to say big thing, but was really the next opportunity of growth. And, and so I moved over into uh, uh, enterprise line of business SaaS software. So I moved over to Success Factors and Success Factors had just been um, acquired by SAP. Uh, and it was uh, an opportunity for me to move from uh, partner marketing side over to field marketing. And um, really that was my first foray into software. Uh, it was a first foray, foray into really working with a direct sales force. And that was, again, an, an incredible experience because you, know, you, you, you learn to really appreciate um, the concept of team. Um, and that you know we will uh, we will see succeed together and we will fail together. But ultimately, in order to um, to be successful, it is going to take that concept of, of one team. That was a, an excellent experience for for me and for for the folks that were part of my team or part of my extended team. Um, we were not only trying to succeed as a company, but we are now trying to succeed. Uh, as part of a larger company that was making a, its own transformation from being an on-premise software company to one that sold cloud software, and uh, it was an uh, you know the, the the things I learned, the people I met, how much I learned not only from I'm not going to say it's necessarily the early days of SaaS, but certainly you know one of the the leading companies at that time, but also how much I learned from the people at SAP and the successes that they had had throughout you know the you know 40 years or so that that they had been in business and so again it was it was to appreciate uh those mo- just appreciate the things that I witnessed those things that I directly experienced and to be able to say this is what good looks like, and to be able to take that forward. So, you know, with that, um, I moved on to Zendesk. Uh, Zendesk is a company that's known for uh, customer uh, relationship or customer experience software. It was a time, you know, I joined when it was um, being, it was really extending its reach into the mid market into enterprise. And what was exciting about that is you had a company that had done 
and continues to do so well in uh, small business, in very small business with uh, with its you know the, the trial versions of its software. I mean, the, the company has since gone on to you know really expand its portfolio, but now think about you know how do you sell into that mid market and enterprise? How are you selling then and and, and engaging with people? Um, it's through consensus or committee-based selling, and and how would how would that transform their thinking around go-to-market, uh, the role of of partnership, the role of partners, um, you know, a lot of things that were were changing. So it was it was both um, a fantastic learning experience for me to to be part of a company that was going through that change, uh, and also be able to again witness. Uh, and and be part of a company that had you know really achieved and continues to achieve excellence uh, in really everything that they do. And again, those are things that I've been able to to carry forth in some of the startups that that I was at, um, and then now at Unit Four, as I've uh, been there for as I mentioned about two years, uh, and. It's been really rebuilding those, rebuilding that organization, um, and really propelling with the rest of the leadership team at Unit Four. You know, a company that's entering a new chapter of its of its own journey, and all of those experiences, whether it's seeing leaders in action or opportunities to do new things, yeah, it was. It's been a great learning experience. That's wonderful, Julie. Um, seems like you've done a bunch of diverse things and yes. uh, you worked in different organizations, played different roles. And I feel that clearly is part of what um, helps us learn and grow and evolve and push our own boundaries because sometimes you don't know what you're capable of till you jump in the deep side of the pool. So it's uh, no, you, you 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 don't. And and sometimes yeah. you are um, you know, you, you're sitting there thinking. Holy cow! Am I going to be able to do this? And uh, there's a concept um, that, and I, I've actually used it as part of a of a of a podcast that I did with our CEO. This this concept of brain borrowing. I mean, none of us are going to corner the market on knowing everything, but you know, being able to tap into talent. Uh, across not only you know your own team, but more broadly in the organization to help you problem solve. I think of new ways that maybe you didn't know existed in, in problem solving or actually uh, helping to identify opportunities to do things better. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's a way that I've survived, and uh, you know, it. Uh, I, yeah, I continue to do it every day. To be honest with you. <laughs> So that's a great concept, big brain borrowing. So for anyone who's listening in, I think this is an important concept, which yes. we end the segment with, which is that you will not know everything there is to know as part of your role, no matter how senior or junior you are. Yeah. Uh, you will not have the time to figure out the solutions to all the problems on your own. Uh, so I think it is important to tap into the resources within your ecosystem because um, there are most of the problems that most professionals are dealing with have already been solved by someone somewhere, somewhere in the world. And that's what I honestly believe in, right? There are very few new, unique problems, which um, we all solve on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, tap into the collective wisdom or intelligence or the brain power of people around you and uh, see where that takes you in terms of your career and professional life. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, uh, you know, tap, tapping into diverse thinking and diverse thinking is, you know, through experience, it's through 
culture, it's through, you know, points of view, um, you know, all of those things can really help make for a better outcome and really a great experience along the way. So yeah, um, thumbs up to that. Wonderful. That brings us to the end of the first segment. Thank you, Julie, for sharing your personal life and mm-hmm. story in a very authentic, open, and honest way. And uh, sometimes I feel the best conversations are story or story are personal stories, are mm-hmm. stories which have influenced and touched your life. And you know, when shared uh, with a good intent, were shared in a very open way, they generally tend to touch a chord with anyone who's listening in. So thank you so much for sharing that from your end. We now uh, dive into the second segment, which I call leadership, diversity and inclusion and skills. Mm -hmm. Here we talk unfiltered about how to build diverse and inclusive organizations, um, a topic which I believe is also close to your heart. Yeah. Uh, So my first question is really about the outcome of the global pandemic. Uh, And I think, you know, Mm -hmm. it has affected all our lives, whether it is in the context of individuals, families, communities, businesses, or even the world at large. Um, and, um, you know, while it has, while it has impacted all of us, I feel women and working women and working mothers have had it a lot more harder, uh, in all parts of the world. And hence mm-hmm. it is rightly being described that the pandemic has, you know, pushed or catalyzed what is being called, uh, the she, the she session, which is a term used to describe the negative or the adverse effect of women's participation at the workplace because of the influence of the pandemic. Uh, I'm curious to know, you know, as a leader and, you know, you know, as, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of working in teams uh, and, you know, having a lot of maybe women professionals or, you know, diverse uh, people from diverse backgrounds working for you. What are some of the observations you're seeing on the ground uh, in terms of how COVID-19 has affected um, our lives? Yeah, it's um, it's it's affected people. Um, I think it's rocked people to their core. Uh, and it has challenged maybe many assumptions that we've had about uh, working people, working, um, you know, parenting, um, leadership. I mean, it just has challenged everything. Um, and you know, what, what I've seen most notably, um, is the pandemic put people in positions where it it was just, it was, it was, it was very swift in, in how it happened, but, you know, this idea of, okay, well, I, there was no, there was no break between home and work. It, it, it all became one thing. And at the same time, especially for people that, um, you know, f- families with children, uh, or if, uh, or maybe there was elderly care or, you know, whatever the situation that became full-time. So everything became full-time. It became very intense. It became very immersive. And what you quickly saw was people starting to break. Um, and, and we, you know, we, we watched it. Uh, we watched it happen. Um, and so as a leadership team and just, and just peers in general, 
the moments when you would see people, they would just snap, they would break, you would have people in tears because it's just, it became overwhelming. And for, for our leadership team, for our people success team, that's our HR team, you know, everybody had to leap into action into, you know, into a world for which many were completely unfamiliar and it's like, how do we deal with this? Um, and it wasn't just, you know, special benefits for people uh, or, you know, making sure that they had, you know, proper office chairs and desks and monitors. It was, how do we really think about this concept called uh, remote work? Uh, how do we, how do we help people think about creating logical breaks and setting boundaries, being okay and, and, and it's used a lot, not being okay, um, being comfortable in communicating that and not just peer to peer, but manager to employee and employee to manager. Um, and, you know, I have to tell you, there was many times when conversations, people were just like completely stressed out. And it's just like they needed a good cry. They needed, you know, it's like, I'm here. Let's just have a conversation. And the conversation doesn't have to have anything to do with what the work is about. Like, we don't need to talk about this project. Just let's talk about what's going on. What's going on with you? Um, and how is your family? And you just really, uh, it, it opened a world. And this medium opened a world into the private, uh, to the personal, and to the fragile um, and oftentimes those, those things are not things that we want to necessarily bring to work, right? You know, we want to bring our professional person to work, you know, it's like, you know, we've got our computer and we've got our professional persona and we've got our notebook and we're all organized and, you know, and what this said was what, what the pandemic did, and there are a lot of negative aspects to it, as we know, it has been horrific. It has taken, you know, the lives of people that, um, you know, the to the very young, to the very old. And it's, it's just, it's been heartbreaking to watch. With that, at the same time, I think it has maybe shaken all of us to say the personal and the professional really don't exist much anymore. Um, and it is okay to be not okay. It is okay to communicate and to be open and just have those moments with teams where you, you just like, you know, I'm not okay today and I'm just going to call it or I'm just going to have a good cry or we're just going to have a good belly laugh over something silly, but just starting to bring the real you and create those real relationships because this medium was was the relationship we had. This was the way that uh, that we connected with each other, and we still do largely. I mean, I've been fortunate to be able to to travel overseas um, in the last uh, month and a half, uh, but for the most part, everybody is um, is still is is still homebound. Um, there's moments where they can get together, but it is few and far between, and so. We have to make this work, but we need to make it work and we need to make work work in a much different way. Thanks, uh, Julian. It's great to hear the, the organization and leadership perspective of um, baking in moments um, for, um, you know, you know, conversations outside of work, uh, just active listening. 
and you know many times i think people do figure out the the problems and solutions themselves but what they need here and now is uh, just a human ear or a human connection uh, to yes. you know to you know listen to their side of the story and you know mm-hmm. you know once it's out um you know there is a different level of solace or strength or um you know just just an ability to you know move on and you know sort of you know find your feet and try to look for solutions and i think many of us know after an age and stage that you know there are no overnight miracles for a lot of things no. uh, things will take time to solve and evolve <laughs> but yeah. uh, we have to just hang in there and be patient and continue to persevere yes um while organizations can provide all these frameworks and policies and you know you know support systems and you know um, you know time and flexibility uh you know it it is still a very personal journey because we are all very you know um, unique as individuals and people Mm-hmm. Uh, so i'm curious to know you know if you had to pause and reflect on your own um sort of ways to deal with just managing your personal maybe priorities and commitments and uh, professional uh, responsibilities how does julie juggle between the two like what what tools or um sort of technology <laughs> or you know sort of you know time management um, processes systems uh, have been effective or you feel have helped you just the top one or two uh, that you feel have kind of you know um help you in where you get because the role you play is a c suite role and you know i think no matter no matter what c suite role you have and what kind of organization you are playing that role with there is a different uh, level of uh, corporate responsibility which you shoulder as an individual which is not mm-hmm. easy right so the point is how do you find that strength and balance to keep going through everything that's happening uh, yeah. around you and in your life Yeah. Uh so I I spend a lot of time reading about this um and I spend a lot of time thinking about this because I you know and and I would say that this was you know the 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 mistakes of um you know somebody in their in their youth who thought oh yeah I'm just can do it all and no problem and I'll just keep working and working and working and what you realize is that you get to a point where it's simply you know uh, it's diminishing returns and um and there's you know this concept of I'm just going to muscle through uh is uh it, you know you're not you you're not necessarily bringing your best work and you're also doing a huge disservice to yourself because you're burning yourself out and you see it you see it happen um you know i I've, i've seen it happen to myself uh where you know you get to the point where you're very fatigued you're you're tired you're sick whatever whatever the situation may be and so um i have i have taken a look at you know sort of the inventory of of my life personally and professionally and and it and it does you know it it does begin to meld a bit you know especially as you advance in in your career and um you have to accept that that the boundaries are going to be fluid but at the same time you are going to bring your best when you have the energy to do so and you have to create the time to uh to rebuild or refuel and even if that's moments throughout your day so if you're 
going to just jam pack that schedule, meeting, 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 and then project, project, project. Um, you know, you're you're going to be out of out of out of gas or out of petrol pretty soon. And so, you know, I just organize my calendar, um, and I do a lot of self organization. Yes, I, I have an executive assistant who is who is awesome and and helps in so many ways. Um, she also helps the team. Um, and I think, you know, we're successful because we are a team, not because, you know, Julie Knight is here. Um, but what I try to do in my own way is pepper in prep um, breaks. I, I, I start the week really on the weekend of just outlining what my priorities are for the week. Um, I, you know, around big meetings or times where I need to Put the thinking cap on and really delve into uh, a project that that requires my attention or I'm managing and because I still manage projects as as, as a CMO and and it helps me stay really close to the business and to into the team themselves. Um, is you know I do a lot of my work in the morning because that's when I'm you know I'm 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 at my best. Um, I bake in you know little pockets of time around meetings that I know could run over or where I need to. I need to get pumped up before or I just need to take a break after because it's an intensive amount of time and discussion. And, um, and so I just think about uh, how, what, what I need to do so that um, I bring the proper amount of, of energy and sort of, you know, mental focus to, to what I'm doing and, and know that that's just, it's not going to be a steady diet of just like one after the other. The other thing that I, I, you know, I realized is, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's over years, frankly, of experience and mistakes is just going from like a really intense meeting and then jumping into a one-on-one. Um, it's like, you've got to give yourself a break because not only, you know, doing that reset from the, the thing that you were focused on to then being able to context, context switch to, you're now stepping into uh, a one-to-one conversation with somebody that is both personal and professional because you want to have that element. You're building a relationship with an individual, but also be able to, you know, be in that moment. And you're not distracted thinking, okay, well, here's all the emails that I missed and I'm kind of exhausted and I'm, and I'm bringing all the baggage from the last meeting. And then you just don't, you don't give the time um, and you're not able to participate in those moments that are really so special, uh, when you know you're 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 having a one-on-one with with a colleague or somebody on your team, um, to really actively listen, um, you know what's going on, how can I help, um, you know uh, how are we doing, maybe how are we not doing, um, and how can we do better. So. I think pockets of time is is important, and starting to um, you know, as as is one person I, I I met while at Unit Four, she said, you know, you need to do a lot better job of guarding your schedule, and it's like, and I really understood what she she meant, and that's wisdom that I've I've taken. Uh, you know, and then the other thing is, I'm I'm always looking for you know productivity hacks, and and uh, and I talk to people um, who you know I I see you know really excelling in this area, and um, you know are are both well prepared, um, but also you can tell that they're not frazzled, um, and they're they're able to bring their whole self and their focus and their concentration to whatever it is that they're doing, and and I always love to learn you know what what they do to prepare themselves um, 
So, and then I think the last thing is uh, I'm an active, uh, active yoga, yeah, active meditation. Um, and that's, that's become a big component. It's something that actually I've gotten into during the pandemic and it has helped so much. Um, and I feel like I've got so much more inner strength and just strength and energy in, in general. And I know myself so much better through, um, through the practice. And that's what I love about yoga and meditation is it's practice. It will always be practice. Uh, and I, and I enjoy that, that concept about it. Wonderful, Julie. I think you and me share that one in common. I also started my um, journey with uh, yoga and meditation, um, mm -hmm. you know, during the pandemic. And uh, it has definitely changed my life because, you know, I think mm -hmm. it brings a level of clarity, a level of focus, a level of balance. Uh, and most importantly, uh, you know, a level of self-awareness, which I feel is yes. so, so important um, as, as senior women leaders or just as senior leaders, executives in, in any company, right? And, you know, if I had to just distill, you know, all that you said uh, for the benefit of everyone who's listening in, I think the first and most important point Julie made was about uh, being self-aware, right? On, on, your, on, on, you know, your time, your energy uh, and, you know, just planning um, your schedule in a way that you're able to give time uh, and your undivided attention and like your mm -hmm. best version of thoughts and ideas and creative energy to the projects which are important. So I think that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. The second thing which you which you said, which I'm also guilty of doing is, you know, running from one meeting to another. And sometimes I'm just so exhausted after three of those. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even like, you know, able to think and meaningfully contribute. So yeah. um, I think it's a great point you said about just just, you know, um, you know, uh, introducing breaks in your calendar, right? Where you say that, hey, you know what, you know, if there's something really big or important, I will give myself some time before it and after it, uh, before it for preparation and after it, just to collect your thoughts and, you know, mm -hmm. to sort of come back to ground zero in terms mm -hmm. of just you know, your emotions and uh, energy. Yes. So I think those are great um, nuggets of wisdom, which have obviously come from your own experience. And uh, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast could relate to that. So thank you so much, um, Judy, for sharing uh, those personal experiences. Uh, my last question of this segment is around uh, the topic of skills, which is uh, mm -hmm. which is which is very close to my heart. So you know, I you know, as a mother, I'm always thinking about you know what are the skills which I think my daughters should learn twenty years from now because nobody mm -hmm. knows how the world is going to be yeah uh, but you know that's something which honestly I think nobody can predict with complete certainty I think what we can do for now is have a conversation on what you believe are uh, the three most critical skills for uh, working women or women professionals to consciously develop right and and um, you know this could be based on your own experiences this mm -hmm. could be based on what you feel is a strength for you which has helped you or what you feel has, you know, sort of uh, been something that you've had to consciously work on to find a seat at the table or something that you see from observation that women tend to lose out because they don't have the skill. So any, any two, three, which bubble up to the top of your mind. Yes. Uh, so um, I, I think, you know, going back to our last conversation about um thinking about how you how you you manage and prepare um has everything to do with 
you know, how you're going to, you know, potentially enter enter uh, a new phase in your career. You may have advancement uh, in terms of leadership. You get people management. All of all of these things um, require uh, that ability to balance and self manage. And so, I think that's you know, that's one thing that. Um, when I first, I, again, I, I fell into the trap of, well, if I just did more and I just worked harder and, you know, I got through every email and I, you know, tried to get an A, A plus on every presentation, that that was going to be my, you know, path to whatever it was. And I realized that that you're just sort of chasing stuff that that's just not there. Um, you know, it, and a lot of it is C and D priorities. Uh, like they don't really need to be done. So, you know, how, how you think about prioritization and, and giving your all to the things that, that, that truly matter are, are one. Um, the second one is that, you know, the, the idea of networking and, um, and creating those close relationships uh, with, with people that you can learn from and can and be, be maybe your personal board of directors, if you will, or, you know, your <laughs> just your close-knit group, um, you know, being able to share ideas, to bounce ideas off of people, to share, you know, both victories um, as well as, you know, the tragic defeats <laughs> such as they are, um, but having having folks that you can rely upon um, to really help you and know that that they're with you in the journey because the journey is not taken alone. Um, you know, it's 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 really not. Um, and there's so much to learn um, along the way. And I think that the final thing um, is really do try to learn from every interaction. And some of the interactions we have are incredibly positive and those positive experiences are ones that were, it's just more natural to open up uh, and to listen and to be engaged because you don't feel threatened. Right. Those are, those are, those are experiences where we can, we can laugh and we can talk and, you know, we can, you know, we can be successful together. I think where you really learn is in those uncomfortable moments where the conversations are difficult where you're potentially dealing with with people or groups of people that you don't agree with, uh, with challenging situations. Uh, it could be with a, a customer that isn't fully satisfied uh, with, with the service that they've received. Um, you know, it can be a, a, a challenging situation where, you know, you've had to receive, you've had to either receive or give constructive feedback. Um, I think those are the moments where you take the most from them. And I mean, and I take, and I say that in the most positive way, but you learn um, how to prepare for those moments, um, how to not overreact to them. Uh, you learn about yourself and why you react in certain ways. You may learn about the person that maybe you didn't really fully understand. Um, I think one of the most uh, important skills, but we oftentimes don't use it is just listening. Um, and you don't always need to fill the space with talking. Sometimes the quiet moment of just letting the person say what they need to say. You can 
you know, vehemently disagree with it. Like, you know, from, from top to bottom, you can say, I don't agree with any of it, but just, just listening. Cause there may be that nugget in there um, that they can help you understand their perspective. Um, so, I mean, those are, those are skills that, that, you know, I, well, there are things that I try to work on, but I think they are, are valuable uh, to anybody who's any, anywhere from starting their career to maybe restarting their career um, and working in, in, in dynamic environments and certainly working, um, you know, these days uh, in the pandemic, which is, you know, I think throws a curveball to, to, to folks each and every day as to, as to what the new day will bring. New day will bring. Thanks, Julie. That was loaded and layered with a lot of wisdom. And I'm sure anyone who is listening in, whether they're a young woman professional or a mid-level executive would stand to uh, gain so much from um, that perspective. Uh, We now come to the last and my most favorite segment of the podcast, Julie, uh, this is really what I call the fun rapid fire. And I'm just going to ask you a bunch of random questions. Uh, and we, will, we want to hear quick and perky responses from you. Okay, you quick and perky. We'll, we'll see what we can do here. Okay. So what do you like to do outside of work? What interests and hobbies keep you going and excite you? Well, okay. Um, so uh, not only through the pandemic, but it's something I really enjoy. My husband and I play golf. Uh, I can't say that I am I am most awesome at it. I am not the CMO of golf, uh, but I really do enjoy it. And, uh, and I have a lot of fun, uh, even when I'm actually pl- playing terrible. So it's, uh, but I really, I really do enjoy it. And then the other thing, um, and it's probably that history background, but um, uh, avid museum goer and uh, always try, whether it's, you know, traveling or just, you know, around town or even on a business trip, always just kind of sneaking off and, and seeing, you know, what, uh, you know, lovely art um, you know, uh, is, is there and, and really getting to, to, to see that, that, that piece of, of, of a culture and, um, and just, and just experience it. It's, uh, it's very, uh, it's, 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 it's so positive for me. Wonderful. Uh, why do you think women should have girlfriends? Why do I think what? Why do you think women should have girlfriends? Girlfriends. Uh, well, uh, you know, just very simply, I think there's a lot of things that, 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 uh, maybe women to women, only women understand. And, um, you know, I, you always have to have, uh, you know, you've got to have that person that you can, you can lean on, um, have a good laugh, a, a laugh with. Um, and also that friend who can be brutally honest and just say, whoa, sister, you're just like taking yourself way too seriously. <laughs> so, uh, I think, uh, I think girlfriends and both in the, in the personal and professional environment, uh, are really fantastic and help us all keep it, uh, keep it pretty real. Wonderful. Which celebrity alive would you like to meet given a chance? celebrity that I would like to meet if given a chance. Wow. That is, uh, that is a tough one. Um, wow. Well, uh, I am an avid James Bond fan. Um, so, uh, 
I, you know, would love to meet Daniel Craig, uh, of course. Um, you know, I was, uh, I grew up on the Bond films and it is, I would say, had a huge impact um, on just my desire to travel and see the world. So I think if I could sit around and have all of the Bonds uh, around for dinner, uh, would be fantastic because I would love to hear the stories, um, you know, at, you know, what was their favorite place to go to, um, which stunts they decided to do on their own, which stunts was delegated to uh, the stunt double. I think that that would be a fantastic and memorable dinner. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that I, if I could meet all of the bonds, I would love to do that. Julie, if ever that happens, please extend an invitation to me. I have a feeling that the line would be around the block because I know there's a lot of people who are huge fans of 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 that of that um, you know of of the Bond series, and everybody's got their favorite. Um, you know, some people are like you know Sean Connery all the way. Others are Roger Moore fans. Uh, you know, it just. Whatever. I mean, it's a, there's always something to talk about, um, you know, when you when you've had an opportunity to to see them. And um, uh, yeah, actually, I was in, in, in L.A. one time uh, having having a lunch and um, and Timothy Dalton walked in and I'm like, you are a James Bond. Um, although, you know, his his career, you know, that was just a moment in time. He was just incredible actor, you know, on this on the stage and in the cinema. But yeah. Um, so anyway, I love that. I love it. And uh, yeah, that I think that that would be it. I, all around the table. Let's just here's and here's my 25 questions that I want to ask you. Wonderful. My last question is, will you ever dance in a meeting? Will I ever dance in a meeting? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I have. I think I have done celebratory dances uh, and I have been known to do the, woo, woo, woo. you know, like I am, as you can tell, I'm a fairly emotive individual. And, um, you know, like, it, it, you know, we have closing, we have closing calls for our, our end of quarter and, you know, big deal comes in, woo, woo, woo. you know, it's just like, you gotta, you gotta show the energy. You gotta be better just like sitting around and just being stern and dull and boring. I mean, life's just not fun. So we've, we've done that. And, um, and it, and it's just a great deal of fun. And, and, um, you know, I think it's important for, for teams to see the real you. And, um, and I think emotion, you know, if nothing else, you have to be passionate about what you do. And if you are passionate about what you do, then that emotion, whether it's just, the woohoo or the emoticons or dancing or whatever. It's, it's just a great way. And I think it gets people really fired up. I mean, we've been doing the Q, we've been having our virtual QBRs and, you know, we're always like, Oh, great job. And um, I think people get really excited about that. So uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Wonderful, uh, Julie. Uh, and uh, that brings us to the end of the, the conversation. And I really hope you dance your way through success and all the wonderful things in life as you move forward. And I hope all your dreams come true and you play a lot more golf and you travel a lot more around the world. And just I hope you, um, you know, have a wonderful time ahead in, in the years to come, uh, Julie. Oh, it was an well, absolute pleasure to oh, uh, connect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. And, and thank you so much. And especially as you enter into your holiday, you know, I hope that it is a wonderful time with family and friends in this 
uh, in this celebration. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for for inviting me. It was a it was a pleasure, and um, you know, just share uh, you know the uh, you know the professional, the personal, the craziness, crazy ideas, um, and just kind of what gets me going every day. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of it has um, to do with these kind types of conversations um, because it's. Uh, uh, it's it's just sharing good ideas with with good people uh, wherever they are in the world. And I'm sitting in the Bay Area. You are in India, and um, you know that's that's um, that's just awesome. I love that, and I love that we can have this conversation as you know you're uh, you're about to enter a, a very important uh, time uh, for for you and your family. So with that, I wish you all the best, and thank you so much. 